I greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ and thank you for joining us and tuning in uh, to, to today's share. I, I was just reminded by what, um, as I looked at Jomo and Britt uh, working on the, on the technical stuff right now, uh, the setting up, the contrast, the focusing of, of uh, the sound and the camera, I was just reminded of the analog days. How many of us remember the analog days? Those were the days when we would put, use the aerial, put it on top of the roof, put it on the side of the, the house so that we could get the right picture and get the right sound. And sometimes you wouldn't get the right picture and wouldn't get the right uh, sound. And so you would go to the side of the TV or your radio and you would hit it on the side so that you could get the right picture and sound. Because the right picture and the right sound really matters. Perspective really does matter. It reminds me of the parable of the, the, of the, the talents, where one of the servants had the wrong perspective of his master. He, he said of his master, you are a harsh man and you reap where you did not sow. He, his relation with the, with the master was, was based on his perspective of the master. And as we go through being with Jesus Christ, we can give you all notes, we can do all these recordings, but as long as you don't have the right perspective, it will really, uh, it will really uh, change the way you, you see the master, you see God the Father. If you read right now, if you, if you think of God as a helper, your relationship is an event-based relationship. But if you think of God and you view God as Father, your relationship is an intimacy relationship. And I think before we get into the Word of God, I really believe that we should have the right perspective, take the right glasses on and, and really see God for who He is. And I will pray for you and I, uh, and, and we will go into the Word, uh, into, the, into some time of worship, um, the song to, today that, we, that, that we're going to be uh, leading us into worship is, Lord, I need you. And I think it's relevant for this moment so that we have the right perspective of who God is. So, Father, I give you thanks and praise. Thank you, Father God, for for showing us through the Holy Spirit who you are, for showing us, Father, that you are God of love, and that, Father God, you love us even through this time, Father God. I pray, Father, that as we, we uh, worship you, as we hear this uh, message wherever we are, may we have the right glasses on, and may we see you for who you are, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you, oh, I need you Every hour I need you My one defense, my righteousness Oh God, how I need you 
Your grace is more Grace is found Is where you are Where you are Lord, I am free Holiness Is Christ in me start by reading from scripture for you and uh, I'd love for you to try to keep up. We're going to read from Mark 6 verse 1. It says, He went away from there and came to his hometown and his disciples followed him and on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were astonished saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is this not the carpenter son of Mary? Um, is this not him the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his household. And he could not do mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few and a few sick people got healed and he marveled because of their unbelief. Oh my goodness, that was a bit of a rush, wasn't it? Simply because I read faster, yes, but I also didn't use what we call punctuation marks. Mm, and they do make a difference when we read and we try to understand things that we are able to read. The point is this, I think our lives often sound like that. We live so rushed. We live without full stops, commas, semicolons, colons, and our lives actually sound just like this sounded, a bit confusing, a bit unclear, not able to keep up with what I was reading. Sounded quite crazy, didn't it? And no rhythm at all, nothing made sense. Just because I think we don't live with punctuation marks. We don't have enough full stops in our lives. We don't have enough commas. We don't have enough semicolons or colons that afford us opportunities just to breathe 
breathe a bit like they would do when you read. There's a full stop, at least it gives you an opportunity to breathe or a comma. And so that's why I wanted to just introduce and talk to you about this. Because actually, without these commas and punctuation marks, in a sense, we, we end up quite spiritually dry and, and uh, very exhausted, um, out of breath, even spiritually, never mind just physically. And that's why coming to the topic of tonight's preach um, is that you know that we've been talking about Elisha's room and we've covered um, just a little bit of that and uh, we introduced you the bed, the table, the chair and the lamp but tonight we want to introduce to you the bed <laughs> because simply the bed as we said a couple of weeks ago speaks about rest and I didn't rest at all while I was busy reading to you from scripture. The amazing thing about this bed is it's not just a beautiful item to be put on display. It speaks of something and when we think about the bed in Elisha's room, it does speak about this very simple concept called rest. Very, very simple thing but often so easily ignored and not enjoyed. So I went and I quickly just looked at the word rest and where it appears in other words, where you find that the word rest is kind of like the, the, the root um, word for many other words. It's quite interesting that you start noticing that the word restore or rest or restore, the basis of it is rest. So without resting, Restoration often cannot happen. What about the word restock or rest ock? <laughs> Doesn't make sense to read it like that, does it? But we cannot restock these spiritual resources in us without rest. And so as we go along and talk about the bed here tonight, um, there are going to be a few things that I'd love to encourage you with. And we most probably will not be able to cover everything tonight. Other words that, that, that speak to us um, clearly about this word rest is the word re rest art or restart. <laughs> Without resting, we cannot restart. There's not a new beginning that can come. What about the word rest rain? or restrain. In other words, to restrain yourself properly and to keep yourself from saying things that you ought not to say and doing things that you ought not to do, often it's because we do not spend time resting, clearing our mind of stuff. Just two more. What about the word restrict or restrict? <laughs> We need rest to restrict ourselves, to just understand that we have limitations, that we are restricted. But as we rest more, we become more able to do what God calls us to do. The last one is rest rupture. <laughs> that really says restructure. That restructuring our lives, restructuring just our, our, our lives in a practical sense often means that we've got to just slow down, rest a bit, think a bit clearly, and move ahead and restructure where restructuring needs to take place. Very interesting thing to note is that sleep or rest, uh, as what is indicated by a bed, is one of the most important aspects of our health. But, but they say that's often and also one of the most easiest to neglect, the whole thing of resting. 
Rest is something that's very seldom celebrated and, and many people feel guilty when they do announce that I'm resting. How many of you had a phone call? Hi, I hope I didn't wake you. No, 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 no. No, I was fine. I was busy. Meantime, you were fast asleep, but you don't want to acknowledge that you were resting. Why? Why do we feel guilty when we need to rest, even physically? It's so strange that many of us do feel proud about our work ethic. Oh, I've done so much today or this past week. These are all the things I've done, but I never bother too much about my rest ethic. We feel popular. We feel accepted. We feel um, just special about ourselves when we can talk about how busy we've been. People ask you, how are you doing? And you say, well, I've been busy. It often sounds impressive, isn't it? Because you've been doing things. And we often find that our acceptance is based on what we do. But imagine if I don't do, I just rest. And people ask me, how are you doing? I've just been resting. It's like, what? That's a bit strange, isn't it? We'd rather talk about the activity out there than, than the activity here where we rest. There's not much to talk about. But yet it's such a powerful concept. We rarely share stories about our sleep patterns or how well we are doing in that area of rest. We often talk about how busy we are. And it's sad. It just seems to be so incredibly important to recognize that God has designed us to be more fruitful when we sleep and rest better. So I want to, uh, this, this, in this session, talk to you about how important rest is, and then we're going to take it further, and most probably next time, when we talk about this rest that God gives us, and what does that look like? And so, because we, we're in this series of, of talking about the way that Jesus lived his life, and we're specifically looking at being with Jesus, which rest does afford us to enjoy, I felt just to look at a little bit about how Jesus rested. What was his kind of lifestyle? Because ultimately, we want to say, we look at the Gospels and we want to see how Jesus lived so that you and I can live accordingly, isn't it? And so let's just simply look at how Jesus, this man that, that, that spent 33 years on earth and three years he ministered and he changed the world in three simple years whilst resting. <laughs> he was God and he is God and he came around and he, and he lived like you and I live today and in that he rested too to show us how important it is for us to rest as well now not only do we need to learn from how he, he rested but we also need to learn how to enjoy the rest he has for us so there's one aspect of we need to rest like Jesus rested and then he also says come to me and I will give you rest there's a different kind of rest that we need to discover and talk about and we're going to find our way to that still and so the kind of rest that Jesus talks about this one has much more to do than just sleeping hours being on a bed but we're going to look at that soon but I want to just uh, in this time talk to you about three things just indicating and helping us understand how we can live like Jesus lived, how we can, as we are, um, are trying to be with him, how can we learn from his lifestyle to live the way that he lived? And so there are three aspects of his rest that I want us to focus on. It's firstly the physical one, 
firstly just what the bed actually indicates then there's a mental aspect of how you mentally rested and then obviously the spiritual side so we're going to just cover those three things in in our time together today so the physical one is from Mark 6 and verse 30 to 31. I'm going to just read it to you. It says here, and I'm going to read with the punctuation mark, so don't worry. <laughs> it says in verse 30 of Mark 6, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. Obviously quite excited <laughs> about what had taken place because Jesus had sent them out. They had much to share. And it says in verse 31, and he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. I guess in my book, I would have wanted just to say, Jesus, for me, this is not a time to rest. I've got to tell you what I had experienced. It was phenomenal. Jesus had given them authority to go and preach and they went around and obviously there must have been major things happening and so exciting. And so he says to them, actually, if I could paraphrase, maybe he would have said something like the following. It's, it's great, the stories that you have to tell, but let's slow down a bit and rest for a while because you need it. You've been busy. I think it's great for us just to rest. So there's a physical rest that comes in here that Jesus recognized. We even see that on the boat, he fell asleep. How do, you, how do you just fall asleep on a boat? You've got to be quite tired, I think. I mean, it's not like he had his own cabin there with an air-conditioned unit or something like that and this beautiful mattress. And it's like, oh, for sure, I can fall asleep in that moment. No, no, it's kind of like just on the, on the deck and they, he fell asleep because physical rest is important. <laughs> um, isn't it amazing that rest or slowing down is often something we don't recommend for ourselves, but others do. I found that quite amazing. The joy of being married helps us to have people that, that see things in our lives that we often don't see ourselves. People close to you, whether it's a friend, or maybe you're not married, but just there are people that, that observe our behavior in such a way that they could actually say, uh, the time on the bed has been quite scarce, isn't it? I can see some patterns. I can see some behavioral things that, that may indicate that my friend, and in my case it would be my husband, I think you need a bit of rest. I think you need to slow down. I picked up something from uh, a book by a man called John Mark Comer, is a, is a pastor in America. He, writes, he wrote this book called Ruthlessly Eliminating Hurry. And... Um, he writes in here some of the things that people often would see because of our lack of resting. And not just sleep, but actually resting, the real proper rest. And he says some of these things are, are as follows. He, he says there's an irritability that others pick up. As I said, often the, the, the lack of rest is not something that I pick up myself only, but others do, particularly in regarding to my attitude. And that often irritability is, is a sign when we get upset or annoyed way too easily. It often is a sign or an indication that I need rest. I need to slow down. And so I'm going to just throw these things out to you and, and see where you may find these things perhaps relevant in your life at the moment. The other thing that, that is mentioned is the fact that we can be oversensitive. When something very small or simple thing could hurt our feelings. Something, something, something very simple that just is said to us and, and done to us. And like, mm, it just 
in a very short moment or in a just in the blinking of the eye we we got incredibly hurt or annoyed or offended because we become oversensitive lack of rest another one is restlessness when we battle to relax when reading the bible for instance is boring and and praying is difficult and talking about the things of god is just oh no i'm not interested in that stuff because actually there's a restlessness in my spirit I'm not resting enough. Another one is emotional numbness. When, because of a lack of rest, I can't feel the pain of someone else. I'm just oblivious. I just ignore people even close to me going through difficult moments and pain. Because myself, I'm not tuned into the sensitivity of what God's Holy Spirit wants to do through me because I am just so busy and, and irritated and, and restless. Workaholism could be one of those when we just don't know when to stop. And at the moment, I must be honest with you, I think I find that I can just keep on working, working because it's not like there's lots of people coming to our house and there's not a lot of people that I can go to because of various restrictions and I'm trying to stick to them. But the point is there's always work to be done. Always something to do. I could just disappear into my study and work and, and actually not rest enough. I think it's dangerous to, to realize, and again, people around us often notice that we work so much that they're not getting enough or anything from us. The danger of that is we want to accomplish and perform, and so we forget about rest. Our rest is going to just actually interfere in this whole process of working and performing. Out of order priorities could be another thing that we, that we see are signs or indications that we do not rest. When we easily get sucked into the urgent and leave other important people like family or things without a thought. It's just, no man, our priorities are set here. And, and when other important and, and necessary things come along, there's no priority order in my life because I'm not resting enough. And so all of these things really speak of a dysfunctionality. Things are just not in place because I'm not spending enough time. And, and again, I'm not just talking about nine hours of sleep a night. I'm talking about the principle of resting where we find ourselves engaging moments where we can just slow down. Focus on God. Focus even on our bodily needs that we may have and say, God, please help me to realign my life with how you want it to look like. All these things that I just mentioned are signs of a hurried life. One without rest. Just as it sounded when I read the verses to you without the punctuation marks. You remember that? Somebody once said this. The rest of your life, listen to it. The rest of your life depends on the rest of your nights. It's just a simple thing. <laughs> the rest of our lives is really hinged on, on how much we rest. Not how much we do. We are firstly human beings that need to be what God wants us to be. And so much of that is dependent upon rest. And Jesus knew that. So firstly, when we think about how Jesus rested the whole physical thing, it's absolutely key. And the implications of us not resting enough leads to a dysfunctionality, as we saw. And I want to trust with you that you will address things like that through simply just slowing down. The next thing is a mental thing. And, and Mark 4, 
a beautiful portion here in verse 35 where um, it is the story of Jesus uh, calming the storm. And it says, on that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, this is a big thing. That's the, that's the key in this, in this portion. And leaving the crowd. Say it with me. Leaving the crowd. Great, great, great. Well done. Leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with them. And then we read about the great storm. But the point from me is this. Yes, Jesus, he's been talking. And he says to his disciples, you know what? I think it's great that we just leave the crowd. We just go and have a time together by ourselves. We just create space where perhaps we can just do nothing <laughs> and just think and just meditate and just have silence and in a sense have our emotions slow down a bit as well. Where it's just mentally, we're just switching off from having to think too much. And even in that, there's great value. Where, where we simply allow times where actually one of the things that I think can happen in those moments is that we, 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 we become less aware of what we need to do and we become more aware of God. And in that moment of becoming more aware of God, we become more thankful. How's that? We become more aware of what He has done and who He is and, and our emotions start to be connected more to Him. And mentally, there's a renewing of the mind that takes place. Because we know in that moment, as we stop thinking about what we need to do, we rest, we reflect on Him. And it changes us. It's a massive thing. The last thing I would have mentioned about Jesus' way of rest from Scripture is the spiritual one the most important one and we frequently see how is this became the pattern or was the pattern of Jesus's life of drawing aside and resting and in his context it was not just going to to sleep but in a context that we find and and the one example that is one is from is, is Mark 1 verse 35 where where Jesus is he's been busy the whole day there was a lot of things happening the next morning as he got up it says that he went to a desolate place to be by himself he didn't go to a bed he obviously would have rested the night but the next morning he goes to what this indicates to rest spiritually and I think one of the dangers for us to to spend time with God is that we come with our busy list of the previous day or the busy list for the day we're going into and all the week and the month and all the stuff and and the busyness takes over in what we actually supposed to enjoy with our father where it's just dialoguing <laughs> where it's just enjoying him and and simply resting Jesus did that in Mark 1 35 and it seems like he knew what he needed most he needed to be in constant relationship with his father because he said in John, I don't do anything unless I hear from my father. When did he find those moments to hear from his father? When he spent time just resting. One of the things that happen when we get over busy or we are running hard is that our spiritual disciplines start slipping. Jesus was running hard those three years. You can imagine that. He was in constant demand. But we find that he regularly 
as he would spend, spend time with the public and in private homes and, and in, in, the, in the synagogue's teachings, his discipline in, regarding, in regards to being alone, going to the desolate place, was intact. I do think that it's probably often our spiritual disciplines of resting, spiritual rest, is often the first to go instead of the first we go to. I'll repeat that again. The, the spiritual discipline of being with God and of enjoying and of resting with Him is often because of the busyness and the demands and the priorities and the importance and the urgence, urgency of things is often the first to go instead of the first we go to in terms of a spiritual time with Him and spiritual resting. Jesus knew the importance of creating space to spiritually be recharged. And again, if we, in the series, we want to say we want to live the way, we want to live like Jesus lived, we want to say, okay, well, let's learn from him. He came to be with his father. We want to be doing the same. Those first words that I shared with you initially, restore, restart, restock, restrain, they all become possible when we rest enough. And you and I are the ones that should steward our lives in honor to our king in such a way that we rest enough to be of use for our king as much as possible. The sad thing would be is that we're so busy with stuff and our general things and that we, we're just overworked. We cannot be of use for our king. And each one of you are positioned in places, work environments, um, leading people, teaching people, being students, whatever it is. And in all those moments, we are called to be faithful to God in that. One of the best things you can do to be faithful in that is to rest, to prepare yourself for what he expects of you. The point is this, if Jesus did it, we want to live like he did. We ought to rest in his ways too. The amazing thing about him is that it seems like he never hurried. <laughs> he was never in a hurry. Just calmly did his things day by day. And Jesus could do this, this, this slow, unhurried life, I believe, because he slowed himself down by resting. And that spiritual resting is the key. And when we talk about the bed here, it clearly speaks not only of a slowing down moment, but it speaks of about a slower lifestyle. It's not just, hey, tonight when you go to bed at 10, great, well done, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're going to rest. No, it also speaks about a life that means I'm going to slow down for God to do in my life what he wants to do so that through my life more can be done. I just, I cannot be, I cannot live a life where I'm so overworked and, and so overstressed that ultimately I'm of no use to God even just at home for my family for my parents, for my wife, for my husband. So slowing down is a key. Question I want to ask you, how are you doing in terms of these things? Do you, do you try to just physically look at how your program looks like? Do you try to slow down? Maybe you're supposed to. Maybe something is being stirred in your heart tonight as you listen to this. Say, God, I've got to make some adjustments. I'm, I'm not resting enough physically. I'm not resting enough even mentally. Where I just, just 
turn the phone off, turn everything off that, that speaks into my mind and just stop this and stop that and just sit and almost just do nothing. And then spiritually, how are you doing? How are you doing in terms of resting with God? That God can have opportunity to speak into your heart. How are you doing with that? My friend, we've been on this journey of talking about being with Jesus for a while because it's the most fundamental thing that we could ever address in each other's lives is your and my walk with him in that very simple way. And so tonight, or today, we just talked about how we, how we can rest like Jesus rested. And next week, we want to look at just what is the spiritual rest that he has for us and that he invites us to enjoy with him look like? What is a spiritual rest? When he says, I have called you into a rest. And in Hebrews, we're going to dive into that and, and, and try to understand what is the spiritual rest that awaits his people. And then once we enjoy the rest that he has for us, what is it that God wants us to rest from? Certain things that I believe that we're going to talk about that God wants us to rest from. And there's certain things that I believe God wants us to rest for. And so we're going to discuss that and, and I trust discover more as we enjoy together the thrill of looking at a bed and be enthused and encouraged to rest. God bless you. Thank you for the word, Vesi. My question right now is, are you restless or have you been faithful with your rest? The, there's a story in the Bible that talks about uh, a gentleman called Jacob. As he's running away from his brother called Esau, he comes to a place, a desolate place, a place where he's fatigued and he gets a rock. Imagine that he gets a rock and he lies on that rock. And right now, we may just look at that on the physical uh, aspect of, of uh, it being a rock. But he takes the rock, that's Jesus Christ, and he puts his head on Christ and he rests. So right now, I want to pray for those who are running away from God and you're running away from life. I encourage you to put your head, your trust, your life on Jesus Christ. So, Father God, I give you thanks and praise. I thank you, Father God, for these, Father God, that are listening right now. That, Lord Jesus, they will put their trust and their lives in your hands. And, Father, you will give them rest. Just like Jacob, Father, as he rested, he had an encounter with you. I pray in the name of Jesus that these, O oh Father God, will have an encounter with you and they will have the right perspective of who you are. In Jesus' name, I give you thanks and praise. Amen. <laughs>